Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today. Your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Colbranson. Welcome back to Thursday edition of Silver and Black Today. Scott Colbranson, Evan Grote leading you along the way. We're talking Raiders football as we do every day on the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. That, of course, is Raider Nation Radio 920 here in Las Vegas. A shout out to everybody listening on the Raiders official mobile app from around the world. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. You can also be part of the show. 702-365-9200. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell Evan why he's wrong. Or we also like it when you tell us when we're right. So you can do that too as well. The show always powered by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. By the way, again, I talk about this every day and I really do mean it. Uh, A shout out to our good friends, Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars and DrJen'sNutrition.com. I eat one of these bars every day. Sometimes it's two two bars. I had a workout this morning, so I had one this morning before my workout, and then I had one right before the show. This is great nutrition for the entire family. Convenient snack or use it like I do for meal replacement any time of the day. It's certified gluten-free, all natural ingredients, no artificial sweeteners. It contains superfoods like quinoa, kale, and spinach, but that doesn't mean it tastes like garbage. No, it doesn't taste like you're eating a roof shingle. It tastes so good. I can't even tell you. It's high in antioxidants. Uh, it's also formulated to, great t- as, to taste great, as I mentioned as well. High in protein. It helps you sustain your energy without the sugar crash. That's why you don't hear me in hour number two sound like I'm on KNPR. Uh, and so uh, it's great stuff, great fiber. And again, all that protein. You can buy them locally in Las Vegas at Vegas Discount Nutrition, also Terrible Herbs convenience stores. But because you are a listener and we love to do things for our listeners, if you go to drjensnutrition.com and use the code SBT10, SBT10, uh, you will get a special discount for our listeners. Plus, you'll get free shipping. That's Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars. Good stuff. Okay. Now, we've been talking about, and I hear, this is, a, this is a pet peeve of mine, Evan, is, you know, I love Raider Nation like any other nation or any other group of folks. There's 10% of you who are just not, you're just crazy. The other 90% are amazing people. And the thing that concerns me is that all I hear is, you know, you talk about offensive players or the need for improvement on offense, and you get the, oh, shut up, we got to fix the defense. We had a top 10 offense. Well, that was last year. And by the way, that offense, this was a point of conversation that the great Bay Area writer, Jerry McDonald, who we've tried to get on the show, he doesn't either like to do radio or he doesn't like radio or he doesn't like Las Vegas and he won't do Las Vegas radio. I don't know which one it is, but Jerry's a gifted writer, longtime writer, uh, very good at what he does. He wrote a piece about this, Evan, about the offense and how, yes, the Raiders defense let this team down, but you can't forget and you can't ignore what happened towards the end of the year last year with the offense and how much it tailed off yeah yeah and 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 that issue has this fan base so divided i mean if you go on twitter and and you will see it is such a debate it's it's one side believes it's it's all about the defense and they're the reason why this team is is eight and eight and has not gotten to the playoffs and then on the other side it's everyone believes it's on Derek carr and it's on the offense and i think what we're failing to realize is that there can be 
two problems at the same time. It's a little bit of both. Yes, as I said earlier in the show, the defense is is the the biggest concern that I have, but the offense isn't perfect as well. And, and so, you know, they, that doesn't mean they need to just address the defense and, and totally, you know, forget the offense. There's improvements that need to be made there as well. So uh, they need to figure out a way to do both. Yeah, there's no question. But in Jerry's piece, he brought up, and this, these are the type of stats that that I think myself and you go back several weeks uh, with with Q here on the show and other folks that have, and, and even um, Hondo Carpenter when he's on the show, um, we've talked about it. But if you look at this, number one was the red zone. If you look at what the, the the Raiders did in the red zone, it was not good. It was not good at all. In fact, down the last seven games of the year on goal to go. Now remember, going into the 2020 season, John Gruden in numerous press conferences that I attended said, look, you know, we talked about red zone with him and he said, listen, we got to get better goal to go. They were terrible in 2019 on goal to go. A goal to go down the stretch when you have to play your best offensive football and defense, no question. A goal to go, they were 10 for 21 over the last seven games. That's just not going to get it done. Then you have Josh Jacobs, gifted running back. We all love Josh Jacobs. 700 yards through nine games, and he only had 365 in his last six games. Now, he missed one game due to injury, but clearly, Evan, when they got the ball, when they even did get it in the red zone, and they even got it to goal to go, they could not score touchdowns. Yeah, and I and I think a lot of that has to do with lack of creativity on Gruden's part. I mean, I watch the NFL. I watch these games all every every Sunday. I have multiple TVs down in my basement, so I'm seeing a lot of different games and a lot of different teams. And I'm seeing some of these other teams, like the Chiefs, do a lot of creative things uh, with their personnel that I'm not seeing the Raiders do. I'm going to think back to, um, here's an example of, I believe it was the Miami game when Mariota came in and they had that goal to goal situation there, I believe right at the end of the game. And what did Gruden go to? He went to his, his trademark uh, spider two Y banana there where he threw that little short pass to Ingold that was incomplete and then ended up losing the game. I mean, you, that you can't, that cannot be your best play in that situation. And if you recall in that scenario, Darren Waller stayed in and blocked. So Mm -hmm. those are some of the things that bother me is that here uh, Gruden is, is this offensive guru and he does a very good job at times, but uh, I I think there needs to be a little bit more creativity inside that red zone and, and and maybe utilize a couple of these other pieces like a Brian Edwards, like a Foster Moreau, who are your big bodied receivers who, who can, you know, have an advantage down there with those jump balls. Uh, you know, in the red zone. Yeah, and 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 we talked about offensive tackle. We talked about the offensive line and the problems they had this year because of injury. Clearly, that was a big part of it. And then the whole COVID thing, which I'll include in the injury, and everybody had to deal with that across the NFL and players going out. Uh, but the Raiders had a significantly bad time with it. And so, so you look at that, and and did that have something to do with Josh Jacobs? You know, basically seeing his production cut in half over the last six games. I think that has a lot to do with it. But you're also right about the play calling. It's not you. It's not about assigning blame to one thing and I think that's that's the whole point here when we talk about offense and defense is clearly on defense they need playmakers the defense was awful the offense did well 
but you can't forget what happened at the end of the season. You cannot look at the offense and say, well, they finished top 10, so they're good. Yeah, but again, look over the last seven games, and, and, and Jerry McDonald did a great job in his story talking about that. We also talk about Derek Carr. Derek Carr, everybody talks about what a great year he had. He had 16 touchdown passes, two interceptions through nine games, right? And he had 11 touchdown passes and seven interceptions over the last seven, and two of those interceptions were returned for touchdowns. So Derek Carr fell off, too, as the offense went. I mean, as your quarterback goes, so does your offense, right? I'm not blaming it all on Derek Carr, because I think you just laid out a great argument, Evan, which is that it also has to do with play calling, right? But but I don't think, if you think as a fan that when you have a deficiency on one side of the ball uh, that is gl- so glaring like the defense was, that you don't need to keep your eye on and improve on offense, uh, then then you're not looking at things the correct way. You have to look at both sides. You have to have dominant offensive line play, dominant defensive line play, and your quarterback has to be consistent. That's the only criticism I have for Derek Carr last year was he wasn't consistent down the stretch. He had a good year. He showed a lot. He showed me a lot doing more with his legs and everything that we talked about moving into the 2020 season. But you have got to find more consistency and you have to improve on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a perfect example of that are, uh, is the, the Chargers game uh, the second mm-hmm. time and the Dolphins game the second time. The defense, I believe the offense um, gave gave the defense the lead uh, at the end of the game and, and the defense blew both of those games, if I recall cor- correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, if the offense has a little bit more success early in the game, in the red zone, in the goal-to-go situations, maybe it's not a two-point, one-point game in those scenarios. Maybe they got a touchdown lead or a you know a larger lead where you're not putting that that burden on the defense. So I just think that you know it, a, a great offense can overcome some of the the uh, issues with the defense, but a, a good at offense or an average offense, which is what they were kind of down the last seven or eight games of the year. That, that can't overcome a, a poor defense. So I, I think those two games are a good example of how they were both an issue down the stretch. It wasn't just one or the other. It was both. Yeah, and, and there's no there's no question that the, the, the Raiders' defense has been a problem for years. And so so I, I that's why I'm not comfortable when people assign blame to just one side of the ball. Again, the defense is the bigger problem. There's no question. But there are problems on offense. I think they're easily addressable. Um, as far as consistency and play calling, you know, that's different. I think, uh, look, if you had your offensive line, okay, and, and it was performing better, you had more depth there, uh, and I thought they were pretty deep, and I thought that, obviously, Tom Cable did an amazing job of coaching up those guys who, who replaced so many uh, offensive linemen that were out week to week. Um, th- that's all good, but you have to be more consistent. And, and that's a team thing. That's not Derek Carr's fault. Yes, Derek Carr wasn't as consistent towards the end of the season as the numbers I just gave out. Um, but that, that also is a cumulative effect, I think, of, yeah, your defense lets you down all the time. And so does that mean offensively players lose confidence and they try to do too much? Uh, they try to force the ball, whether it's running, whether it's passing. And then from a coaching perspective, I think a lot of it lies with the coaching, which is you're right. You know, you get into those situations, you kick field goals and, and, and you're up by three points, maybe instead of getting up by seven and then maybe following that up and having a 10-point lead at home over a Dolphins 
team versus versus not. And so there's a lot of issues there. And so I'm interested to hear what Raider Nation say, says about that, too, because all I hear is this polarized. No, it's the defense. No, it's the quarterback. It's not the quarterback. Let's let's I want to dispense with that. I don't think it's Derek Carr's fault, although he did not play as well as he did in the first half of the season. You have got to put together two halves of the season that are consistent. You might play better in one or the other, which is fine, but I'd rather have you play better down the stretch, and I'd rather have you be more consistent down the stretch as an offense. And, and Evan, that's why you think about this, too. Most likely going to lose Nelson Aguilar. He was huge for them last year. Okay, I'm not saying they can't find a replacement. I'm just saying he was huge. You're going to lose him. So you have a need at wide receiver, maybe. Then you have the need at offensive tackle. And as we talked about with Josh Jacobs' numbers going down, partly due to injury, partly due to the offensive line, you, I think you need another running back there, too, so that when, when someone's not doing as well as they can for whatever reason because they get banged up, then you have somebody to come in and spell them. That's where the depth issue comes in. Yeah, and that's why I really liked getting back to Nick's mock draft. I really liked that pick he had in round four uh, of of Chubba Hubbard uh, because mm-hmm. they're going to need to get somebody in there. I already mentioned that I think I think Jalen Richard could be a, a cap casualty. That would leave you with only one running back on the roster. That's Josh Jacobs. So they're definitely going to have to bring somebody in uh, no matter what. And I, I think Hubbard is a type of guy. If you can get him in a round four, he's he's had a he's proven he can you know he can he can handle a, a large workload. And um, so I think he would be a great get there. And then you talk about wide receiver. Absolutely. If they do lose Nelson Aguilar, you have a void there. And I know they have Darren Waller, who's who's seen by most as your as your target number one, not necessarily a wide receiver one, but your target number one. You still got to bring in um, a veteran there. I, I After what I saw uh, year one from Braylon Edwards, or and, and not Braylon Edwards, I'm sorry, Brian Edwards and uh, and Henry Ruggs. I don't feel 100% confident going into year two with just those guys. So I do think they have to go out and, and add another receiver. And I want to make one more point here. And I know this is this is uh, you know a little old now, but uh, it goes back to that selection of Henry Ruggs. Let's say the Raiders had selected CeeDee Lamb rather than Henry Ruggs. I would feel a lot better about going into this season with CeeDee Lamb as your wide receiver one, but even if you had lost Aguilar. But now it's a glaring hole because I just didn't see enough from Edwards and Ruggs last year. So you got to bring in a veteran to go along with those two guys until they prove that they can be, you know, your, your, your top shelf starters. Yeah. And, and, and I, listen, I do believe, as you mentioned from Nick, uh, mock draft. I do believe they need to get a young running back. At the same time, you have guys out on the street like Mark Ingram, veterans, and I know people all retreads, but no, for a guy to come in and spell Josh Jacobs, a Mark Ingram or even a Le'Veon Bell, if you can get them, now I don't know what they're asking. That's the question. If it's too much money, then you can't, just can't do it. That's why I like going younger. But if you can get a guy to come in and do that, I think that's what you can do from an offensive standpoint. And then we talked about it yesterday too. Who's going to play behind? Are you comfortable with Nathan Peterman behind Derek Carr. Well, I mean, Gruden loves him. <laughs> so, so there's a reason why they keep him around. I mean, we, you know, we just haven't seen it enough. I mean, he, before his time with the Raiders, uh, he was with Buffalo and, and, you know, I got a chance to see him 
up close and personal here and it wasn't it wasn't pretty but um you know there's a reason why Gruden keeps him around so um you know he does have a little bit of experience as a starter so I wouldn't feel you know you look around the league at backup quarterbacks I mean who who, who feels confident like 100% confident with their backup quarterback situation so it's you know right now they're paying their backup quarterback 10 million dollars I also don't feel great about that either I love yeah. Mariota but but 10 million dollars is a lot of money for a backup quarterback so yeah, I think it's a good point you make. They might have to, you know, take a look at who else might be out there. Should Mariota walk? But I mean, they're backup quarterbacks for a reason. There isn't a ton of great ones out there. Right. Right. And to me, though, that that's that's the point of this conversation that we've just had, Evan. Which is, yes, you got to address the big gaps on defense. But on offense, you can't take your eye off the ball. You have to find guys who can come in and fill some of those roles and and build depth on that offense, uh, on the offensive line, at receiver, at running back. And so when you say, if you're out there, and, and I want you to call in if you disagree, because what I hear is people saying we should, we should draft all defense. Well, r- then what are you going to do about the offensive needs? So, so again, to your point earlier, Evan, it's a juggling match. You have to juggle what you need on defense, which is really glaring, to what you also need on offense to keep you where you're at and maybe even get a little better. All right, we're up against a break. When we come back, we'll get to your calls. Tell us, tell us if we're wrong. 702-365-9200. If you call in, we'll get you on the air right after the break. You're with Evan and Scott here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. The autumn wind is a raider, and when it blows, it comes from the Las Vegas desert. Back to Silver and Black today, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Welcome back, Evan and Scott, here on Silver and Black today on this Thursday. I hope you're having a good day. If you're not having a good day, change it now. Not us. Don't change us. You got to keep listening. But what you should do is just change your change your perspective. It's okay got through all the other days undefeated you'll get through this one all right we are talking um raiders football we're talking the offense we're talking the defense and and evan and i last segment we really went deep on the fact that so many of you believe that the offense doesn't need anything and and i just don't see that i just don't understand like the fact that 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 you can't get better you can always get better now of course the defense has to get a lot better but on offense, there's some issues there. So we, we, we want to discuss those and want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 is the number. And, and, and Evan, you and I were talking during the break. And when, when you say that, especially fans, you know, because we watch fans in, in social media, when fans say that about the offense, it immediately becomes a Derek Carr thing, which it's, it, I've said numerous times. I get people telling me I hate Derek Carr, and obviously they don't listen to the show. And, and I, I keep saying he's not the problem. He's going to be your quarterback, so just chill on that. But there's other issues there. I, I can't understand why it, the offense, I know he's the quarterback and, 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 and he's the leader of the offense, but he's not an offensive lineman. He's not a running back, and he's not – a wide receiver. So why can't people see through that and understand that in professional football, you have to constantly get better on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And he's also not calling the plays as well. So, (laughs) you know, yeah. I mean, we, we, we talked about it. Anytime, 
you bring up the fact that the offense wasn't great at a certain point, automatically people get very defensive of Derek Carr. And that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're going to support your guy, your quarterback, and that's fine. And I I encourage people to do that. But you have to take a a little bit deeper dive at what what people are saying. For example, uh, we talked about... um, Jerry McDonald's piece, right? And yeah. and I see him defending uh, his piece on Twitter because people aren't reading the article. They're just oh, yeah. reading the headline and assuming that he's he's trashing Carr, and that's not the case. There's issues uh, that had nothing to do with Carr. The health of the offensive line, the health of the running back, the play calling, the development of the rookie ride receiver. So there's a whole lot of things going on, but like you said, you can't just sit there and, and say, you know, oh, offense is good. They were top 10 this year. You can't assume that they're going to be top 10 again next year. You have to continue to develop and continue to build around what you currently have in order to maintain that. that that's the hardest part of the game, is once you reach, you know, the top 10, offense is how do you stay there for years to come and you got to keep addressing those needs uh to do that right and 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 for some of the people out there who say look car is not our problem we don't need to worry about trading quarterback i agree with that and clearly that's where the raiders are because of all the indication all the reports we have from league sources from reporters is that the raiders are, are getting calls but they're saying no uh and that's fine so so you know who your quarterback is that's a huge deal uh and you don't have to worry about that that situation what you have to worry about is like i said the big uglies up front man i'm telling you i'm worried about it. i'm gonna i'm gonna have Vinny talk me off the ledge on that one when he comes on here in a few minutes but to me it's 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 an issue and and you have to look at it, have to look at it through that lens you can't look at it as every question about the offense is about Derek Carr because it's not again Derek Carr doesn't block he doesn't run the ball he doesn't catch the ball he throws the ball so if, it, if, if if people were criticizing the offense saying that well we don't have the quarterback we don't have the quarterback okay fine then then, then you go in if you don't believe that that's fine but to me you have to look at getting better. And in the NFL, a team that stays pat uh, completely, I mean, even the Chiefs last year did not, right? They went out and they drafted a running back in the first round. Now, they had a need there, yes. But the, the, the point of that is you have needs everywhere. Denzel Good is, he did well. A lot of fans love Denzel Good and what he was able to do uh, when he came in for Richie Incognito and, and, and kind of played that swing position at times as well, w- was the fact that he's a free agent. He might be gone if you can't afford him. Now, hopefully they, they sign them, but if they don't, again, you have holes there. So what are you supposed to do with those holes? It, time does not stop. Contracts keep moving. And, and we just talked about the salary cap, which we're going to talk about with Vinny after the break here in a couple minutes. It, it, it just, to me, is you have to look at everything. And, and your point about people not reading things. I'll tell you, I, I, every once in a while, too, I will retweet something and, and I fail to read it, right? And then I get, I get caught. What I mean by getting caught is it was some dumbass thing that I retweeted and it was fake or whatever. So we all get caught in that. The one, the one new feature, Evan, that I like that Twitter added is when you go to retweet a story, it actually asks you, do you want to read this first if you haven't clicked through the link? I saw that. I saw yeah. that. That was smart. That was a great yeah. move by Twitter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was excellent because it happens and, I, and I'm guilty of it as well. I, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll retweet stuff out there. Normally I'll retweet it if, I, if it's from a source that I'm, you know, familiar with obviously like silver and black today.com. Like if I see you put something out there, I'm going to retweet it for you. And I may not read it at that point in time, but yeah, everyone's guilty of that. But, 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 you know, fans, sometimes they, they just fail to even, um, 
get the full gist of the article. Uh, you, they yeah. may only read the first headline or not the headline, but the first paragraph and, and kind of neglect what was said in the rest of the piece. So, you know, we, we you gotta be a little less sensitive, I think, you know, and, and just, uh, you <laughs> our know, attention we, spans, yeah, they're just zero. Yeah, There's yeah. zero. And I'm like you said, we both admit we're guilty of it too sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to, but we're going to go out on the phone lines now to one of our better callers. He calls in here uh, on all the different shows and is a real smart guy. That's Mark in the Bay Area. Mark, you're on with Scott and Evan here on Silver and Black today. Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You know, something I want to talk about is the red zone offense. You know, we talk about Carr, you know. I I think we're so blessed and lucky to have him. He has been such a solid quarterback. I mean, the one year I called Vinny's show the other day, and, you know, the one year that they even had a halfway decent defense was 2016 when Mac had a really good year. They had created a lot of turnovers, and they actually got to the playoffs. You know, you look at Tom Brady. Look at the, look at the defensive numbers, you know, on the teams he's played. They're usually ranked top 10. You look at what Derek Carr's had through his whole career. They're bottom 15, bottom 10, mm-hmm. bottom mm-hmm. 5. You know, and so when I when – I, you know, it starts at the top. You know, we, we – really missed out last year. And, um, you know, I don't think it's talked about enough. You guys talked about at the beginning of this show, Carl Nassib making $9 million a year. How do you – I mean, we, we know uh, Malik Collins, that was a one-year deal they were able to get out of it. I'm sure if they had a one-year deal and they had an option with Nassib, they'd be getting out of that one too because, <laughs> I mean, seriously, the guy's not a starter. He's a rotational defensive end. How does yeah. that even make sense? That that kind of keeps me up at night, like thinking when I'm, you know, uh, you know, just looking at the the cap numbers, nine million dollars for a rotational defensive end, and now we're talking about maybe drafting another edge. No, no. I mean, we've got Max, we've got Cleve, we got to get a defensive tackle that can put pressure in the middle. Um, and I know I'm kind of bouncing around here, but I, you know. Um, it starts at the top. I love Gruden. You know what? I loved him the first time around. But he, one thing he said, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. He was he talked about some of the positive this this year, and he talked about Daniel Carlson, the kicker, breaking Seabass's record. You know what? That would be great to have a guy kicking a lot of field goals twenty years ago. But the way the game's played today, <laughs> you know, with the defensive backs, you can't even touch a guy after five yards. The advantage is to the offense. I mean, Carr would be thrown for 35 touchdowns. I've got no doubt in my mind if we opened it up a little bit and we weren't so conservative. I know he loves to run the ball, and he's got a certain way of going about it, but red zone offense last year um, could have been way better. They could have used Mariota with some read options, I thought, in the San Diego or the L.A. game, the Miami game. Um, So, anyways, I just think it starts at the top, and I'd really like to get your guys' thoughts on – some of those points, especially Nassib. How, how do you justify that? Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I, I yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it, Mark. Um, I, I think I think you're right. It's just a, it was it was he, he did it wasn't a good signing, and and I'm just basing that on the play we saw this year. I mean, he was a healthy scratch twice. I mean, you're paying that guy, and you, and you're you're scratching him twice. Now, that said, I'm not giving the guy any leeway or excuse here, but clearly there was issues with the scheme and the coach. So now with Gus Bradley coming in, if, if they keep him, we'll see what happens. 
Um, and, and so, but, but for year one, it was a complete disaster. There's no question about it. And if you look at what they need, I agree with you hundred percent. They got to get that push up the middle. They need defensive tackles right now. They have now two on the roster because they signed David Irving today to another deal. So it's him and Maurice Hurst. That's all you have on the inside right now. So they have a lot of work to do there. And, um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, I, I, I have concerns there as well. Uh, but clearly, as I said, a cumulative effect there. Okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go out to the Raiders facility where Vinny's doing his show for the second day in a row. So we'll talk to Vinny about the salary cap as well, because I want to get his view. He's Vinny's a smart dude. He's been covering the NFL for a long time, and we'll talk a little bit about that with him. You're with Evan and Scott here on Silver and Black Today, only on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black Today. Here's your host, Scott Colbranson. All right, here we go. Little Metallica. Damon Cotton now in charge of the board, I can tell, because the Metallica comes on. Thanks to Chris Chapman, who had to run to do another show. That's how busy the folks are at Lotus and Raider Nation Radio. I think Chris is jumping over to do hockey or UNLV or something like that. Uh, as you, if you don't know, Lotus, who owns Raider Nation Radio, has the ESPN station, also has the Fox Sports station, and basically every sports entity in Las Vegas is on a Lotus station. So you have UNLV on one station, you have the hockey team, two hockey teams, you have the Golden Knights, of course, who aren't playing, they're playing Saturday up at Lake Tahoe. But um, you also have this, the Henderson Silver Knights, which are now the minor league team for the Golden Knights here in town. They just they just started here this year. And they're building a new arena out in Henderson. So lots going on. You're with Scott Branston and Evan Grote here on Silver and Black today and joining us here in just a minute will be Vinny Bonsignor, who's uh, hey, broadcasting. Hey, What's hey, that? Scott. Hey, Scott, I got, I got a question. Uh, you, you said uh, Damon's back in the back in the shop. How's that wrestling career going of his? Damon, you there, man? He's probably yes, trying to get I am here. connected. You're How, how's there. that I've wrestling been wa- career going? <laughs> um, this past Saturday, I had a match at a show. We call it a Valentine's Day Massacre. Got a win over Nick Bugatti. <laughs> Valentine's Day Massacre, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> you got the yeah, win? Yeah, yeah, got the win, so uh, got that going for me. But he gave me a low blow after the match, so uh, the rivalry continues. <laughs> oh man! Hey, you well, got like good. a it's... finishing move? You got like a trademark finishing move that you like to use? I, you know, I was a big wrestling fan growing up, so I, you know, the dynamite stunner. Oh wow! Explain that. What is what is Demond the dynamite Dyn- stunner? <laughs> Um, so you remember Stone Cold Steve Austin? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so One he of my just, favorites. Yes, he would just do the stunner, and you know he sits on his butt, you know, a version of the cutter. I jump off of the second rope and spin in the air with it. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I watched DeMond's been posting some video on Instagram, and so I think that was the one you just posted, right? Was from, from this past Saturday? Um, that was um a week before, but yes, it is oh. that move. That's that move, yeah. You gotta, I'll, you I'll gotta share it. that video with me, Scott. Yeah, I'll I'll send you Demond's uh, uh, Instagram so you can watch it. So yeah, I mean, see that that's how multi talented the team is here at Raider Nation Radios. You have a professional wrestler uh, who's back there running the show for us, uh, and also runs Vinny's show coming up in the huddle. By the way, coming up at four o'clock, uh, four to six with Vinny from the Raiders facility out in Henderson. He is in the epicenter. Uh, right outside uh, it from him from the studio is the Al Davis torch. 
the old Al Davis torch from Oakland, which is now in the front of their building. Are you with us, Vinny? I am. I was actually hey. listening to the show uh, on my way in here, and you guys argue again about the offense and the defense as if this is some kind of equal playing field between the offense and the defense. And it's just, yeah, I understand what Jerry was writing, and and he's right. You know, the the offense did struggle uh, down the, down the stretch. There were some games where they struggled. There was also a lot of injuries uh, offensively yep. at that time uh, of the year, and it just drives home the point even more why it's more so important to get this defense fixed because it's not going to always be perfect offensively. That's not no. how it works in the NFL. There's a battle of attrition in the NFL where there's some weeks where whether it's the defense or the offense, one side of the ball looks to the other side of the ball. Hey guys, it ain't gonna. It's gonna be a struggle on our side this week. Right. Uh, we're not scoring thirty points uh, this week. We're down. Uh, you know, two of our tackles. We're our fullback. You know, has is playing with broken ribs right now. Josh Jacobs is is, is banged up right now. We need you to step up here because we're not going to be able to hold it down like we normally do. Can we count on you? And I got to ask both of you guys: At what point ever? Last year, could the offense legitimately and confidently look at the defense and say, hey, look, we're not going to be on top of our game. There's some issues on offense right now that, that, that we're going to sort through because we're dealing with some injuries. Can we count on you? When was the offense ever able to do that to the defense, ask that of the defense, and be confident that they could? Name me no, one they- time. No, there, there was not a time. And, and I don't disagree with you on that point at all, Vinny. I think our main point was, and maybe it got lost and, and, and you can tell us, is that w- w- what we talk about with fans is, is, is that you can't just say, okay, we're good on offense. Again, I, I agree. Defense is the absolute number one priority for this franchise. No question for all the points you just brought up. But I also I have concerns on the offensive line. Now, they, they may address them, but I'm saying you can't go into an offseason like a lot of fans are saying, which is like, we don't need to worry about anything on offense. Well, you do, because you constantly have, to your point about attrition, you have guys that come in, come out, you have free agents, you have decisions you have to make, like you and I have been talking about on the show about Trent Brown. And my point is, yes, the first and foremost defense, but while you're doing the defense, you also have to do that juggling act of making sure you keep your offense where it was because it's very good. And you're absolutely right. In a football game your team has to be able to count on the other side saying hey look guys you know maybe maybe somebody got banged up maybe Josh Jacobs got, got banged up maybe Derek Hart got banged up and they're not operating on all cylinders so that's when you need your defense to step up and they couldn't do that exactly. last year at all and that's that's that that's even more that's that's that makes it even more imperative that you get the defense uh, sorted out and figured out and getting play uh, and, and and get to a point where it can play at a high level because you're not mm. going to always be pre- it's not going to always be pretty perfect offensively there's going to be Times uh, where you get you know into the red zone and and there's pen, there's you know penalties or uh, you know it, the the defense is pretty good too you know uh, that that's going to happen and look look what happened to Patrick Mahomes when he was down two of his offensive tackles it made a world of a difference and it was the big worry going into that game like <laughs> it sure if did. you can't block it I don't care how creative Andy Reid is how creative was he in that game not much because he couldn't get it blocked consistently if you can't protect it. It, the the playbook is almost meaningless at that point. 
Right. No, exactly. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. Of course, he hosts In the Huddle coming up here at 4 o'clock. Um, and Vinny, the other thing Evan and I started off the show at 2 o'clock with was discussing the news we heard today that it appears that the NFL salary cap will be a minimum of $180 million, of course, down from what, about 220 or uh, whatever it was this year? I think it was 220. 198, um, I thought. Uh, I had to go check, check that out. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So, so, 198. So we look at that. So obviously, like, like, like we all said, and you said all along, Vinny, that it wasn't going to be as bad, perhaps, as, as some thought. But we look at the Raiders' situation and the decisions they have to make, and, and you go through the Raiders' salary cap, and you look at the players and where the money is, the dead cap hits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and clearly, you know, a lot of people out there are like, well, it's easy. You just cut Trent Brown. You cut Terrell Williams. You cut LaMarcus Joyner. You get rid of um, Marcus Mariota, and we're good. We can go sign all these free agents. That's not exactly true. I mean, it's going to be tough. you got to get down, first of all, to the limit, and then you got to free up space to go get some players too yeah i think with the um you know i'd have to look i'd have to add it all up they're they're in fairly decent shape if they make some moves right uh right. but uh and and most of the players that you just mentioned um are probably they, they've played their last game with the raiders but i have to bring up trent brown because you know uh you know as evan was talked about talking about earlier when i was listening to you guys sometimes the you know the, the creativity uh in the red zone or on those you know uh, uh goal to goal situations uh part of that too again goes back to what was happening on the offensive line you got to remember that offensive line was in flux a lot this year because trent brown couldn't play and then his backup sam young couldn't play so there were you were down to the nitty-gritty uh at at, at that position which which when you talk about Trent Brown, it's just such a complex uh, question and issue because he represents something that's really important to this team. He's a good player when he's out on the field, and he makes a difference when he's out on the field. And I think there were uh, some issues that you saw offensively, especially in those goal-to-goal type situations where he could have made a difference. You go run behind on his side of the uh, field, and you're going to have success a, a, a lot of times. He's that good, but he wasn't out there. Uh, and, the, and the Raiders have to ask themselves, and we've talked about this, do you just part ways with him and create a huge hole at right tackle Um, You know what I'm saying? Like that's when you're talking about fixing the offense, if you don't have Trent Brown at right tackle going into next year, that's a huge issue that that they're going to have to deal with. And it'll change what they do in free agency and it'll change what they do uh, offensively. But as we've talked about, if you can't, if you don't have confidence or enough confidence that Trent Brown is going to be able to consistently be out there uh, for you, uh, then you, you probably have to walk away. Because a he's he's that's too much money to pay for somebody that's that's inconsistent, and b you do need money to under the cap, so it's a it's 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 an issue uh, that they're still I'm sure sorting through, and I'm fascinated to see which direction they take because uh, he could solve a lot of problems being out there, being healthy, and being productive, uh, and it allows the Raiders then to really focus on 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 other areas. But if he's not, that's that's something that they're going to have to address. Hey, Vinny, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on, on Trent Brown. Uh, th- that is going to be the big one that I'm keeping my on, be, eye on because he is he is such a difference maker, as you mentioned, but he does carry such a large cap number, and when, if he's not out there, then, you know, it, it, it's all for naught. But I, the question I want to ask you is, you know, we, we, we hear a lot of the common names, uh, Tyrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner, Mariota, Trent Brown, maybe Incognito as some of the guys who could be uh, cap casualties here to, to try to get underneath that number uh, of 180 and to try to free up a little extra money to spend on some other free agents. Um, two guys that I mentioned earlier in the show today who could also be, be uh, 
potential cuts. I, I said Carl Nassib and Jalen Richard. Uh, what do you think about those two guys? And, and if not those two guys, is there anyone else on your radar who you think could who potentially be cut? Yeah, no. The somebody like a Carl Nassib, um, because of the way the situation is with the uh, is with the salary cap, does become somebody that you know you 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 almost have to look at uh, because of the number that he carries. Uh, you'd also have to look though at you know how much does it cost you to walk away from him. Uh, he goes into next year. If you do walk away from him as the Raiders, if you're the Raiders, uh, you're looking at a almost a six million dollar cap hit. Uh, that that you know you're going to have to suffer. So yeah, you make some money, um, or, or you save a little bit of money because he's a nine million dollar cap hit. Uh, so you, you'd get about four million dollars back if you walked away from him. It, but it could come to that point because those are the guys that are really vulnerable um, here because those are the guys that. If you're looking to trim some fat, and all teams basically have to do that, except for a few that are, you know, well under the salary cap right now, projected, lowered, or or otherwise. But guys like that around the league are, I'd be, if I'm Carl Nassib, I'm looking at that phone and looking at some of the calls that might be coming in, and I might not answer the phone if a, if a certain a couple numbers uh, call me, because those are the type of guys that are in some danger right now, because uh, even that four million dollars in this climate can be important uh, to a team that's looking to get under the salary cap. Again, we're talking to Vinny Bonson, your host in the huddle coming up next also covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas review journal. So you can read his stuff every day. Uh, and, and another guy too, that, that we talk about. And, and, and again, this offensive line, why, and you got to ca- talk me off the ledge about the offensive line, Vinny, because I'm really worried about it. You have Gabe Jackson there too. And, and everybody likes Gabe Jackson. He's sitting there just under $10 million as well. Um, is there a possibility that they approach those guys on the offensive line too, and figure out how to restructure? I mean, Rodney Hudson, I think restructured his deal once already, uh, and he's about a fifteen million dollar cap hit this year uh, from a dead cap perspective. Is 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 that what it might get to? Is them going to a lot of these guys and saying, "Hey, we want to keep you together. We want to keep this offense rolling because it's been very good." Uh, are you guys willing to do that? Yeah, some guys I think are are definite candidates uh, to do that. Trent Brown is a candidate uh, for something like that. If you feel you know somewhat good about uh, his viability health wise, um, you know. And the fact that he doesn't have guaranteed money coming to him anymore, he'd be he might be he should be anyway receptive to a to a restructure where you put some guaranteed money in his pocket but lower his his uh, his cap hit. Uh, when you're looking at a guy like you know Gabe Jackson, you could walk away from his contract right now at no penalty, uh, but. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so he he's at the end of like he's not pay, uh, guaranteed any money as well. So he's a guy that you could probably go to as well and say, hey, we'll put some guaranteed money in your deal. We'll maybe extend you by a year, uh, but let's get that nine million dollar number down to something that can help us get go get some uh, help defensively and keep you here comfortably. And a guy like Gabe Jackson, you almost have to bring back uh, with what you just said about your concerns mm-hmm. with the offensive line, what we've been talking about with Trent Brown, his uncertainty. You need to try to have as many certainties as possible. And Gabe Jackson, Colton Miller, Rodney Hudson, and we'll see what happens with Denzel Good. Those guys represent you know, certainty as much as you can say that word in, in professional football. But right now, those are your certain guys and you almost have to keep them, uh, but it might come at a point where some sort of a restructure uh, is needed. 
And Vinny, we, we talked last week about Derek Carr and the, the idea that extending Derek Carr, and like you said, it might be for this year, hey, let's let's have a gentleman's agreement and then we'll do something next year uh, where they sign an extension and a deal. Uh, is, is he at all a candidate? I mean, I know as far as quarterbacks go, he's very cheap, but he's almost 12% of the cap going into 2021. Is that something they might do now to try to um, uh, maybe free up some space too if they have to? Uh, yeah, and I think that you know somebody like Derek Carr would be uh, open uh, to to those type of discussions. But of course, it would mean you know maybe extending his contract by a year, uh, putting mm-hmm. replacing some of what's because he's, he does he isn't owed uh, much guaranteed money aside from I think a two point five million dollar uh, signing bonus that that you know uh, that he's going to collect uh, and and would work against the Raiders if you know they're not going to walk away from Derek Carr. But if they did, he'd still count two million dollars, two point five million dollars against the against the cap. But that's it. Uh, but you could, uh, like you mentioned, uh, come to him. It wouldn't be like a, hey, we'll promise to get you, uh, you're back next, you know, next year. We, we got you next year. That's that, that <laughs> no agent's going to, going to, uh, operate under, under that kind of a promise. But what they could do is say, hey, look, we'll add a third year to your contract. Uh, we'll, we'll guarantee, we'll now guarantee maybe the length of your contract, but we're going to take that first year down 2021, uh, in a way that might be able to create $6 million or so, uh, that they could play with for the 2021 season. Uh, I think the, I I think Derek Carr, knowing that he's not guaranteed any money from this point on, except for that $2.5 million, I think he'd absolutely be receptive to something like that. Uh, and, and you know, I, we'll see if the Raiders want to add another year to that deal. Right now, it's, mm-hmm. a, very, it's a favorable contract uh, for them because he is under market as relative to quarterbacks. But because the salary cap is going down, they're not benefiting it from, benefiting from benefiting from that as much as they would in a normal year. If the cap was going up, uh, like it normally does, Derek Carr is a huge, huge bargain. Uh, but with it coming down and the Raiders needing to create space, then he's a guy that, much like some of the other uh, players that we mentioned, a prime candidate now for the Raiders to to approach and say, hey, we want you, we'll extend you, we'll put some, you know, by a year or so, we'll, we'll give you some guaranteed money, but we, we need to get that uh, 2021 deal or, or number down to be able to help us go get some better players defensively and maybe on the offensive line. Yeah. So, Vinny, tell us you're coming up here at four o'clock. What do you got on tap today on In the Huddle? Well, we got Ted Wynn uh, from The Athletic is going to come on and, and talk about uh, the defense under Gus Bradley and uh, some of the things that uh, that he can do to, to help get guys like Clee Farrell and Max Crosby and Jonathan Abram uh, and the two young cornerbacks uh, up and running. Uh, so really always interested to talk to Ted Wynn because he really breaks things down in a way that even I can understand for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, and we're absolutely continuing this conversation that, that we're having because it is a complex uh, situation that the Raiders are facing, and a lot of teams are facing uh, in the NFL. The guys like Carl Nassib, and and you know, just go, go look at any roster in the NFL. There's plenty of guys that fit that category uh, that right now are kind of shaking in their boots a little bit, wondering what the future holds because we're yeah. in uncertain times as it relates to that salary cap. That's crazy, Vinny. As always, man, we appreciate your insight, and thank you so much. And uh, make sure you tune in for in the huddle next. Vinny, we'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one, Evan. You too. Have a good show, Vinny. All right. That's going to conclude Silver and Black today. I want to thank Damon Cotton back in. Damon Cotton, excuse me. I called you Damon. Excuse me, Damon. 
Uh, he's going to do that move on me now. Uh, back at the studio, keeping the show together, Chris Chapman, and of course, my co-host, Evan Grote. Evan, make sure uh, you stay warm back there, buddy. Will do, will do. And uh, check out my new episode tonight, Just Pod Baby, Wayne Mabry's the guest, the newest member of the, the Ford Hall of Fans. Check it out. All right, The Violator and Evan tonight on Just Pod Baby. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys, we will talk to you tomorrow, Friday, here on Raider Nation Radio. This has been Silver and Black Today. Take care, everyone. Thank you.